What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrant's and visit Ibrant's.com. Ibrant's may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrant's may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. Jack, it's been a good day, man. We've had some some good guests, some great conversation. Great way to finish it. And we get to finish it off strong. Oh, your mic. Great way to finish it. Blame it on the weed, not his heart. That's right. We got a special guest, man, fresh off Coachella. Uh, someone we look up to, uh, learn a lot from. Uh, and it's an honor to have him sit down on this couch with us, man. Killer Mike, welcome oh, to the man. show, bro. I appreciate y'all, yes. man. 
Don't let them boys sure. take you too seriously. It's my birthday, 420. Yeah, y'all yeah, man, yeah. Mold, so we, we, hey, we got him a haircut in here. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? We took care of him. You know, you came you came and got pampered. We want to take care of you. Man, man. I Make really sure you have a good conversation. It. Yeah. Look forward to, man, what y'all did for me today. My goal is to take to every NBA arena, man. We have a swag shop. Okay. To the Hawks I know ownership. about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um... It, it's blossoming in State Farm Arena, but I want to be in all of them. I want to be in Dallas. I talk talk to us what that's... Dallas. Explain to, to people who aren't familiar what that is. Well, usually, you know, as a man, you go to a barbershop, that's the one hour a week it belongs to you. Right. Mm -hmm. If you are a hip woman, because a lot of women come in, get their eyebrows, get their face, that's the place where you ain't got to worry about arguing which points or who shoving it to not, because you coming in there, you running the floor. Like, right. So barbershop's a special kind of culture. It really is a country club of working class men. And I thought that you should be shaved, washed, and groomed there. Total, you know. So me and my wife started barbershop about 19 years ago near the Atlanta airport. It grew to Edgewood Avenue, which is like the bar district in Atlanta. Got invited to Corn State Farm. And our aim is to make that 45 minutes to one hour a week you get just mm. about you. Come in, listen to dope music, get a shot, get a straight raise, shaver, hot towel on your face. Yeah. You and your son come in, add to the culture. Next week, you might have a T-shirt with something you said on it. You know, do a profit mm -hmm. show with you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it is meant thing. for the people, by the people. There we go. We, we got to a violator. Yes, we got some yeah. cushions. And it's your people, too. So, yeah, just, we, so, so just, the rules, just so we know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to hear the cushions. If your phone some noise, you got to do some cushions. 25 bars. We need 25 No, we'll no, we give you 10 because you're a guest. But yeah, we oh, gonna he didn't too. No, we'll do it after. We, okay. we gotta get on camera. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta <laughs> do it after. But you good, but you good. Right, but, shouts out to Big Bell Low back there, man. But the shop, the shop is so so successful, man. You know, I live in Atlanta. His shot's so successful that motherfuckers tried to vandalize it and tried to shut it down just because it was doing so much business Ooh. and was and was as appreciated so much by the community. They tried it. Well, it I, I mean, it's like you grow and say, man, the devil stay busy. It's a young man, unfortunately, man, who's played with mental illness and he um he just kind of cracked. He's kind of fixated on me and a couple other people. But, you know, I just pray for him. But I really, you know, I really pray for him because the community didn't appreciate yeah, him, you know. And yeah. he, he, he not as melanated as we are. Mm. So he kind of stand out in the crowd. Right. I wouldn't want that to happen to him. I feel that. We just mentioned you just came back from Coachella. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? Man, we haven't been, for, for three years we have been on polls. We, um, when I say we, I'm in a rap group. Some people don't know. So... It took me 10 years to become overnight success. And I just say that because a lot of times a player, you might go to a team you don't want to be with. Mm -hmm. But you build something in your team. It change something in your character. It grow you that journey. Then you might pivot and get traded to someone else. So you might bring a championship there and change the culture there. My career was like that. I came out in a real big way with Outkast. And a lot of great things happened to me early. And then I chose to go the independent route. So about 2011, I met a guy named LP. A guy named Jason DeMarco put us together. Um, he was at the Cartoon Network at the time, or um, Adult Swim. He put us in a room together. He just said, man, y'all should be working. And it turned out to be like putting Ice Cube in a room with Chuck D and the Bomb Squad, you know, mm -hmm. with Chuck saying, you, you should work with the Bomb Squad. And me and L created an album called Rap Music. Mm -hmm. This is the 10th year that record came out. That record changed the trajectory of my career. You know, the year before that, I had a song called Ric Flair and Rolling Stone that was like top 50 songs of the year. And I was like, man, you got to keep pushing. That year, that album hit, and it hit in a way like, won't. Like, this is another Killer Mike. It's not just a guy who is a protege of one of the greatest rap groups in the world. This is something new. Right after that, LP and I decided to do essentially what was a mixtape called Run the Jewels One. Mm -hmm. Run the Jewels One put us in rooms where we were doing three to 500 people, but it was consistent. Then all of a sudden, after a couple months, from three to 500 turned into 800 to 1,000. Mm -hmm. You go back, you do Run the Jewels Two, and now you Run the Jewels Three and Run the Jewels Four. 
brings us to opening for Rage Against the Machine for yeah. their reunion tour, which will take us through April of next year. It has us on midday at Coachella um, both weekends. It has us marching back out in our own solo shows and festivals. Well, duo shows and festivals. And then 10 years after rap music and 10, nine years after former, you know, Run the Jewels, we one of the most toured bands in the world, and this mm. is amazing. You know what I mean? So I'm blessed, happy to be here, and that's why 420 is going to be a lot more of a turnover with me because we got Coachella after this in a few days. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you mentioned during your set we need to change this country. Can you elaborate on that? We do. We don't have to fight 20 years to progress two years. So th there are certain things that we could do. You know, with everyone right now raving, oh, the Biden administration is uh, potentially going to get federal decriminalization of marijuana. Sanders would have did it in the stroke of a pen by taking mm -hmm. it off the list. And we need to start insisting mm -hmm. that people that we vote for or support from a local level up. So I say a president's name because they get your attention. Right. But who's your prosecutor? Mm -hmm. Who's your mayor going to appoint police chief? Who's your city council person? Mm -hmm. Who's running for Senate right now in, in Atlanta? Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of Georgia. Who's running for Senate? Who are you going to mm -hmm. support and why? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to start saying this. Who's running for lieutenant governor? You, everyone knows that Kemp and Abrams are probably going to fight it out November to see who's going to be up. Right. But we have a young man running for lieutenant governor named Kwame. And I, I mean, Kwanzaa, I'm sorry. Kwanzaa is running, and Kwanzaa wants to decriminalize instantly. Mm -hmm. He's for a more progressive marijuana stance. Well, what does it matter, Mike? You get to smoke. Anyway, you rich, ain't nobody tripping. Yeah, but more than smoke, country folks got land. Yeah. You might have 50 acres. You might have 100 acres. We might have 400 acres between us. That qualifies us to get government grants and laws and considerations to start growing hemp. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if I never get high again, I'm still going to need some hemp rope if I'm going to tie my boat at a fishing port. Right. You know, I still have the opportunity to make money. So we should be focused on those things, and we should be pushing the line on those things. So when I say this country needs to change, we can get fast about our shit. You know, where I'm, where I'm from, if old people told you to go do something, you got about the business of mm -hmm. doing it then. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a switch got hit to you then. You might have to walk and get the switch. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying to black folk is, and working class people, period, you need to start requiring the pace that your grandparents required of you when you were a child growing up in the South from mosquitoes bitch. You. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, call somebody country and mm -hmm. they'll tell you. We don't have to wait. We live in a country where the state still kills people. And oftentimes we figure out it's wrong. So I'm just saying, until we get that perfected, let's not kill people. No matter the crime. And trust me, there are people I feel like should be dead. But a man in South Carolina gets to choose whether he dies by electric chair or firing squad, squad, and he chose firing squad. We have a record called Letter to the Firing Squad. What would you say to the mm. firing squad? And that record, I challenge y'all to go listen to it. It's a great record. I think y'all will find some solace and peace in it. But I thought about this 2022, man. And this is a man sitting here deciding, you know, if I'm going to die by... And a lot of people say, oh, man, well, that's right. And, you know, that's... That's but man, if someone in our family has done something terrible, somebody you love has done something terrible enough to die for. By another cultures, you know, there are things in Islam you could die for. Mm -hmm. There are things in Christianity you die for. Look right. how the Messiah died in Christianity. Right. He hadn't even committed no sin. Mm -hmm. You know, he just protested banks and said human beings are above the state. So when you start to really think about our country, how Christian we claim to be, how tolerant we claim to be, how liberal we claim to be. If you hold it up against the mirror, you can you can say we we probably need to change things by ourselves. And I love you know I love the country. I've you know my people have been a cornerstone of building this country. So right. we talk about me going to Frederick Douglass High School and understanding the importance of that it makes me very proud to be a part of the lineage of this country. But doesn't mean we can't do better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love some immediacy.
Mm-hmm. Let's go talk about Atlanta. You're, yeah. you're growing up in ATL. I've been living in ATL 20-something plus years now. Yeah. I didn't grow up there, but it's home now. I love the city, but tell, but tell, talk to us about Atlanta, your upbringing. Man, you know how you go on your press, your media runs? You know, you from where you from. So you go on your media runs, you think everybody, everything's mm-hmm. like that. I didn't realize being Southern was major difference. Yes. And I didn't realize being Atlanta, you know, intensified some of the difference. Tell you something, a lot of, a lot of folks in the South, they don't, they don't, they don't bother with wanting to make people to accept them. Mm-hmm. They accept themselves. And I don't mean cross-color. First and just, foremost, period. My granddad knew who he was. My granddad's about your color, your kind mm-hmm. of house. He knew who he was. He didn't care what you thought of. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, if you insisted too much, you was going to get some pushback. My grandmother, mm-hmm. they say when she was a girl, she preferred working in the field. She didn't want to be nobody's cook and stuff. But I realized how much we meant to her when I realized she cooked for us. Mm-hmm. You know, so she said, I have a responsibility to these children, but... I grew up in a neighborhood called Akaria Heights. It was founded in 1946 by black people for black people. Everybody lived there, from Dr. King's parents to working class folks like my grandparents. And what I learned was when Dr. King said the content of your character, I really understood it because my grandparents and the people who lived around me didn't give me a boogeyman to be afraid of. Mm. You know? Now, we knew we were competing because we got told, you know, Y'all, I didn't have three white teachers my whole life. That's how black my world was. Mm-hmm. So we got told very early, you know, their kids ignore Fulton. You know, it's cold for white folks. And they're, they right now, they're not playing in the classroom. So we had a sense of honor about mm-hmm. being. And when I say we, you know, I went to school with 1995 NCAA champion, UCLA Cameron Dollar. Now coaches up in Seattle. I went to mm-hmm. school with Stanley Pritchard, played for Miami Dolphins, Atlanta Falcons. Robert Hicks, my best friend since kindergarten, played with for the Buffalo Bills get past athletics. Chief Judge Oscar Jackson of DeKalb County, Dean Raheem Biyab, Georgia Tech. Like, I went to school with some heavyweight kids, right. man. But we was just working class kids. Mm-hmm. But we got a healthy sense of being competent and confident really early. So for me, when I blossomed and got out in the world, I, I didn't realize all black folks didn't grow up like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize the world didn't operate like that. So it, it took some adjusting for me once I started getting famous, I guess, and started moving around. But it's been cool. It's been a cool ride, man. I appreciate Dre and Big for changing my life because I got into Morehouse. Stupidest thing I could have done was drop out. Mm-hmm. And there I found myself, you know, looking around, working at AutoZone, like, shit, dude, my <laughs> life, I'm fucked up. And Toyn, you know, in particular, Big Boy, championed me to Dre and Regina Davenport, who was like their product manager at the time. They gave me an opportunity to change my life. And the ride started, and I've been on a 20-year run thanks to mentorship with people like Pimp and Bun, mm-hmm. you know, Ball and G. Yep. I just want to show a lot of reverence for people like, you know, Tony Draper, Jay Prince. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a whole history of when people say, Mike, you smart, you're not like Southern, Southern rappers, other kind of country shit. They say this. I think that's it's almost insulting because I didn't grow up under the tutelage of some of the greatest mm-hmm. people ever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I challenge people to just, man, go back and listen to old Southern discographies. Like, the music has been 100. You've been getting lessons in the music. Like, the shit you can fuck around and learn listening to, you know, even... At that time, like what Too Short was saying on Rackers, right. Too Short was saying, be about your money. Yeah. It was like a million. You know, even that one from the South, it was linked. The Bay Area was linked. I just think, I think the South and, you know, the Third Coast movement and that stuff had a lot to do with putting me here. You know, I love the music, love my upbringing. Just proud to be here today. Probably stoned and talking a little long, but we kicking <laughs> no, it. No, we're supposed to. We need it. No, that's, that's how it go. How was it growing up with young parents? Oh man, thank God they didn't raise me. I tell that told that lady. Yeah, man. I told that lady that boy, Denise. I told it all the old lady on the other side, Raven, listen. 
Y'all kids out there fucking, man. Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> slow down, man. Enjoy your life, man. My girl used to say, stay child as long as you can. I, my dad would say, say, you know, each child puts you back 10 years financially. Yeah. You know, man, so you have to, you know, watch yourself. I messed around. My dad had four children. I did the same thing. I ain't mad, but the amount of work I've had to do to support them. Yeah. And the time it took away from them. Like, I'm bringing all my kids out to Coachella for the first time this, this weekend. What's the age range? The youngest one is 15 years old. Her name is Michael. And then I have a son named Pony Boy. He's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I have a 24-year-old daughter named Anaya and a 28-year-old boy named Elite. Okay. You know, and the thing about it is you you get to working so hard, you... You miss parts of the growth. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I just want to tell young men out there, that birth control, boy, see if, see if you can get on county services, get you some for free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, boy, they'd have birth control whatever, I was, well, shit. I would have been a fucking young fucker with. Hey, yeah. I would have been in the game. Yeah, you feel, you feel it? I would have been a billionaire right now. Oh, what you talking about, I'd touched a billion right now. You haven't counted up what you got, paid? Man, I'd have paid a half a million so far. I, might, I know that light money for you. Bro. I might pass out. I'd have did a half, man. I might. Pay, I got five girls, two boys. Ooh, you're expensive. I don't know. Right? Because you love them, so I know you're you buying Oh, my God. Please don't remind me, Mike. But Please they also got a couple me. baby mamas, too. That's yeah. that's a whole That's the that's the whole downfall there. Yeah, man. You can't get. Yeah, I will say this though. We we understand the tactical advantage to the advantage when we when we be advantaging, you know. You know no question. <laughs> That's how we go. We we care. I told my daughter, my daughter, her ex-boyfriend, I told him, I liked them both as kids. But you know, as a child, you you know, you don't never think it's gonna last. Well, you tell them it ain't gonna last. Yeah. Because you usually don't, but you're gonna remain friends. But I told him, I said, hey man, I say, now I'm gonna tell you, she in a great situation because she got me, she got my auntie, she got a loving mama, grandma. I say, you mess around, get a pregnant, she gonna be straight. I'm here to tell you now. Yeah. But she gonna get pissed because you got good health. And if y'all ain't together, <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she gonna go down there, she gonna put your ass on one of them yeah, things where yeah. they gonna Take tie you up. You know, I, so I talked to him like a, like a plate, like a homeboy, a homeboy. Uh, yeah. You know, so he, thank God, they didn't never <laughs> do that. But you know, I tell my children, stay my child as long as you can. Mm-hmm. I don't, before you have children. Because my, my parents were 16 and 19. When I was born, and my grandpa, my, my grandparents were fifty-four and forty-four, mm-hmm. and thank God my forty-four-year-old grandmother wanted another child, so I was just hers. Yeah. You know, by the time my mom married, I have two dads. I'm blessed with two fathers. By the time she married my second father, you know, and my grandmother just told him, "Go figure out how to be a wife, and I'm gonna raise him." And then when my sisters were born. She asked that my sisters be able to be raised. And so we've been our grandparents all right. We had an mm-hmm. RV. We got to go to Florida and Tennessee. We got to go on church trips. You know, our mama, man, she was, you know, she was young and working. We was like, man, thank God. We didn't have to be, you know, we weren't latchkey or nothing. My grandfather asked my grandmother to, she was a nurse. This is a lot of women I be hearing all the arguments on online, but all my teachers were married to working class men. So all my teachers had degrees. Mm-hmm. But the men they were married to were plumbers and carpenters and locksmith owners and stuff. My grandmother was a nurse. My grandfather controlled dump trucks, mm-hmm. which was good money. You know, you're driving trucks and whatnot. But I just want to encourage us, you know, do that. Do some of that, you know, look outside your level or whatever right. the fuck mm-hmm. that means. Because my, my, my grandmother could read, write. My grandfather was functionally illiterate and could count any money just spread on the table. So mm-hmm. they balanced each other well. But I remember when he came to it, he said, hey, you know, and this is like to be watched Snowfall. This is when the crack era was starting to explode. And mm-hmm. she said, I want, I want you here when the kids come out of school. I don't want you. I don't want you gone. And she did that until we were old enough to kind of see after ourselves. But I really kind of learned a lot from them, and I'm glad that um, I saw that because my parents were so young. Mm-hmm. My my dad's gonna say, "Oh, y'all really was good. That was fucking and fighting. 
That's what y'all did. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> but my grandparents, I got a chance to see two people. Stay with home. Stay, but beyond the stability, I got a chance to see people tease each other, disagree with each other, but love each other. Love Go to bed other. every night. Love each other. You know, love each other. And they were united. Yeah. You know, whatever you ask my grandfather, well, I want to talk to my wife about it first. Mm -hmm. Even if he had his mind made up, you know, and was just going to tell her, hey, this is what I decided. Mm -hmm. You were never going to get them, you know, ununified. Now, I've tried to model my own life in. Marriage after that. I tried my wife might disagree someday, but I, I tried my best. Yeah, we all try. When did music come into play? Nine years old. Nine. <clears throat> Fat Boys, Run DMC. Cool uh, Roski. Well, you know, Fat Cool Roski. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm talking about, man. Oh, man. I remember, man. I missed the Fat Boys. The human beat. Come on, man. I saw a little meat. <laughs> I couldn't break dance. I couldn't figure out the backspin. I was like, fuck this shit. I ain't rerun. <laughs> so I say, man, I could probably do that Cool Roski, though. Yeah. But when I seen Run DMC, <laughs> though, man, them black denim suits, which, which run the jewels we rock, them black denim suits and them chains, and they look like like what I was liking outside, I was like, that's it. That, that was it. And just the whole Def Jam run with what they was able to do when they rolled out LL Cool J. Curtis Blow. Blow. Man, Curtis Blow and stuff, I looked at like my mom's stuff. Yeah. Right? Okay. So like Salt and Pepper, Curtis Blow, Houdini. My mom was, she was like, she was a hustler. Like, yeah. so her and her homegirls were the fly girls. She listened to that. But when it came to like just that stuff that was the 808 was hitting, it was yeah. aggressive. I was just like, man, it's me. And then when I heard six in the morning, Six I was like, this is somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I six in the morning, police at my door. Fresh Adidas squeaking across the bathroom floor. Mm -hmm. Out my back windows where I made my skate. When I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was a movie. And NWA, of course. Ice-T. Ice-T. And then when I heard Cube, and then the greatest rapper of all time, Scarface. Yeah. When I heard Brad Jordan, Brad. my life changed. Like, like, what he encompasses as an MC is so underappreciated. Facts. In terms of, he's had a year, career since 87 and never mm. dropped a whack album. Never. Like, not even debatable. Yep. You know what I'm saying? When you argue in Scarface, you argue in Scarface against Scarface. I've argued with Scarface about what is his most classic album. We've argued over that. Like, he said, you know, one whack. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. You got mm -hmm. this record, this record. And Brad be laughing like, how you going to tell about my music? Right. Like, because I'm a fan. But what he what he was able to do, I used to buy those tapes, me and my, me and my boy Mark, man. And Rico and Kim, just to listen to the Jay Prince intros five times yeah, before yeah. you let the rest of the tape play. The Every wisdom, album. The wisdom you was getting. You know what I'm saying? So as a kid, just hip-hop, at nine years old, I got turned on to it. By the time I was 12, I turned out. It was, it was what I was about. I was going to be a rapper. Mm -hmm. I was going to figure that out. Yeah, I'm, me being from Texas, too, I know how, how important Scarface is, not only to, to the rap culture, but to us. Yeah. You know, he definitely the, the god, you know, the golden part in Texas, I mean, as far as rapping. So many rappers that come up now to, the, to this day that's way younger than him, if you ask them who is the man in Houston, they all going to praise one Brad person. Jordan, man. You know Brad what I'm saying? Jordan. Brad Jordan. And hey, I have, you go to listen to all your top, the people you call your goats. Have all nodded to him. Yeah. M is nodded to him. Mm -hmm. Dre and Big of Outcast nodded to him. Mm -hmm. Jay Z is nodded to him. Like, like, man, the, the stuff MJ and Beans did, like, I think that that every generation <clears throat> should always be reminded to go back and listen to Brad. The same way you may know Coltrane, but you have to be reminded sometimes, go back and listen to that Love Supreme. Mm -hmm. So you really understand like what, what jazz can do. You know, go back and listen to some Thelonious Monk. Go back and go back and re remember that it's a culture. It's not just a moment. Mm -hmm. It's not just what's hot now. There is literally a culture. Boy meets girl, man. That that record. My wife, me and her ride sometimes, 
and, and she plays it. Like we ride sometimes, we ride in her bins, we play, we'll play um some Sinatra, we'll play some Dean, you know, we'll play some Nat. We we play, try to play some alternative stuff besides just what you're hearing on radio or what even I'm doing. And she'll always on the ride back play that boy meets girl. Where it's essentially about a strip on a deep mm-hmm. web talking about cocaine, heroin. Man, but it's such a beautiful story, Shakespearean like the way he tells it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I think just as an MC man, he's he's like high art and fine literature. Even musically, what he's done in terms of producing, in terms of, you know, we know Mike Dean and many of us for the sound he's helped Kanye craft. Right. Well, Mike, Mike Dean is also the, yeah. the co-crafter of that. Yep. The cornerstone of what that rap lot sound was when he and Face went in there doing together. So you even hearing Face, in my opinion, you know, his his reach going even beyond lyricism into just production and sound. Yeah, I got a, two or three songs with him that I spun like maybe two days in studio with him. Man. And just picking his brain. And, and we shot the video. Remember we shot the video about uh, uh, Donald Sterling mm-hmm. and Scarface? So nobody wanted to speak about it at the time, but he pulled it out, we gonna do it. Yeah. You're a basketball player, we gonna speak on it. Mm. But he dope, man, dope. Yeah. What's up, I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You touched on earlier about uh, attending Morehouse. What was that experience like, and how come it didn't last that long? I was the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful time in my life, man. Uh, Ambassador Andrew Young, former mayor of Atlanta, man, created a scholarship to me here, and, was, and I, I, all I had to do was read his autobiography and, and, and get inspired by it, and I did it, told him what I thought about it. And um, he and his former wife, um, his current wife is Carolyn, his former wife is um, she, the late Jean Child Young, who taught my mother and mentored me and was just an amazing um, human being, as as is Andy. They made sure I got in Morehouse. Um, Nat and working my butt off and getting my grades up my final year of high school. And I met Nacilo Reddick there, who's half of the Beat Bullies, who produced Kryptonite, who introduced me to Big Boy. So I was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I met friends I've had for life there. But I knew after the first year that I was like, this is not what I want to do. Not that I didn't want to graduate Morehouse, because I promised my grandmother I would, and I still am. But I was like, I don't want to be doing this now. I really want to be in the music industry. You know, so much opportunity growing in Atlanta at that time. You got Eric Sermon down there, Wu-Tang. So I had a store down there. Too Short was living there. It was just, opportunity was everywhere. So I was like, man, I'd rather go about the business of figuring it out. Dumbest decision I could have. Mm. I ended up getting a record deal the same year I would have graduated. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, if you're in there, just stick in there. You know, and if you can't get in there yet, just go to trade school. Spend them 18 months in there. Come out mm-hmm. making top dollar and still go. You know what I'm saying? But I just um I really dropped the ball in making that decision. Mm. But you know I'm stubborn as shit. So once I made the decision, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't gonna quit. Stuck you know? with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I wasn't gonna let nobody tell my grandmama I told you so. 
Now, so she got a chance to call all her friends and said, I told you so. And say, you see my baby? He got a Grammy, baby. He got a Grammy. You can come see it if you want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? That made me feel good. You know what I mean? Because I know she called some shit for that one from me. Yeah. Definitely. First impression of Big Boy and uh, Andre. Man, these niggas rich. <laughs> <laughs> Big had that Lexus, man. Yeah. He had that Lexus. Dre had that goddamn rock that on. I said, what, what Dre had? Dre had a Cadillac first. We had like a Land Cruiser or some shit. Don't yeah, niggas was wearing them fucking Jordans like niggas weren't just wearing. Oh, these niggas rich, man. <laughs> like, god damn, these niggas rich. But you know, we was getting to it. I really, man, I'm gonna tell you what I really, <laughs> what I really, my thoughts are like. Dre was, Dre was artsy as fuck. He was kind. He was humble. He was very intuitive. He was a good person in his intent. You know what I'm saying? But you could, you could tell he was like an only child. So he wasn't with too much of all the hanging shit. Like, he would hang out, but then he'll he'd be like, Batman, he'll fade mm -hmm. out, he'll ghost out or something, you know what I mean? So you ended up being around big in terms of studio and business more, and you got a ch I got a chance to see, like, oh, shit, this is what it's like to be young and lead, you know what I mean? Like, because he, he had an opportunity to lead, and he stepped up in terms of business. He got business, I think, before a lot of us did. Mm -hmm. And... Whether it was a dog kennel or now having trailers for movie production and stuff, I was always impressed with his maturity from a business standpoint. Both of them were geniuses, money, because Trey's mother, God bless the dead, Miss Sharon Benjamin, was just an incredible woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it took one mishap of some tax stuff, and they they both tell the story of going on the run, getting that money up on, you know, and never, you know, falling um, in a rear of, of any type. And it was because Trey's mom was just a genius about making sure their business were taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I watched her do that, and I watched Big mature into a hell of a businessman. So I've always been, it's like Jamal Mashburn. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people yeah. can play basketball. A lot of people made a lot of money. But Jamal, watching his interviews, seemed to have caught early that this is going to end one day. Yeah. And I should be planting some seeds right now that are going to grow. So mm -hmm. I've always been impressed by that. And from an artistic standpoint, just outcast as a collective, man, I've always been impressed, and I've used it in terms of being a member of Run the Jewels with, don't let shit define you. Like, I remember Bun calling me, telling me one day, like, the beauty of what y'all boys have is it's undefinable. So do whatever the fuck y'all want to do. Y'all ain't got to be locked in the sound. And that's what I learned from watching Trey and Big together. And I got a chance to watch them together from AT Aliens forward. Yeah. Um, and, and, and seeing the way they worked, it's just been amazing. And um, I'm like everybody else. Like, I want to see Outkast tour like mm -hmm. the Rolling Stones to, for the next 30, 40 mm -hmm. years or so. I want to be able to take my kids to an Outkast concert. You, you think know? that'll happen? I pray. You know, yeah. All you can do is as a fan hope. They did it for us a few right. years ago, so, yeah. you know, maybe again. Big, big not just doing dogs. He got owls now. Yeah, he, he got owls. He got, I think he got tigers. Um, He got like $80,000 French bulldogs. Like, yeah. Yeah, like he was, He let's see, seeing ahead of the curve or around the corner is an understatement. Yeah, especially uh, with eight, them dogs. Yeah, $80,000 dog. Mm -hmm. I pay $80,000. They better have a motor. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and gold right. teeth. Yeah, for yeah. real. <laughs> The whole world, you won a Grammy for that. How did your life change after that? Took some anxiety off, like, if I'm ever winning one, because I won one and I know I wrapped my ass off. Like, that's my thing. Like, if mm -hmm. I would've just been, like, on in the background, oh, you know what I'm saying? Nah, I rap. I stood up. Folding <laughs> yeah. on my motherfucking yeah. 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 I was in the game, so. I, um, but I want more, man. I think Run the Jewels deserves. So that's that's my focus now, like, as Run the Jewels, you know, as, as Killer Mike, what am I going to do? But that decision to stay in the studio that, and that night showed me anything's possible when you're willing to work. Everybody else went to the strip club, I think. I think everybody else was hanging out and Big was like, um, 
you might want to hang around and see mm-hmm. about getting on this one because I think somebody else was scheduled to get on it. Maybe, maybe Gip or something. And I hung around. I dropped the verse. And when, when they came back, they told me they was keeping it. And something else was supposed to be the single. And then they called and told me it was going to be the single. And Brian Barber, shouts out to Brian, shot the video. And life hasn't been the same since. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I can say with the ups and the downs, you know, I've always, there's always been somebody at the front of a restaurant that remembered the video. They liked me. And, you know, so whether I was up or down, <laughs> this song is yeah, certainly pretty good, you know. Yeah. You had a chance to be on Blueprint too with Jay Z. How was work? How was it working with Hov? Man, I, I I can honestly say I love the guy, man. Hov solid as they come in terms of the times I've dealt with him because I appreciate the way he's dealt with me. He's never dealt with me as I'm um, overused. Never been mm-hmm. condescending. I remember after we did the verses on the Blueprint too. I remember when he called Big on the bus, say, hey, "I want you to jump on this record with me." And Big said, "Well, you know, I don't know if Dre doing." He said, "No, no, no. He said, I want you on the young boy." You got over there. Mm. Jump. So I was, I heard, I was like, oh shit. I just went to the oh, whatever the flip thing was at the time. I just started writing, you know. Mm-hmm. That was what I still wrote. I there was the verse was probably double that. I just mm-hmm. used the section I had. And I, Shanti Dawes took me up to meet him, chopped it up with him, walked me through his studio, chopped it up. And I was like, I got the verse, I'll drop it when I get back to Atlanta. Did it in Atlanta, popped up, it's on there. But we were in MTV and I seen him coming, a whole bunch of people around him, you know, and he's not like, you know. Fans, stuff. It's the people in the office fanning out like mm. this hove in the building. Mm-hmm. And I was just letting them walk by. I didn't want to bother them. She said, Oh, you ain't going to spit to me. So I put you on my record and everything. It's one of the funniest moments of my life, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I would imagine it's like a vet when you were a rookie, you know, mm-hmm. saying, you coming out. I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, man, you ain't going to talk to you right, one today. Right, like, right. I was just overcome with, with, with you know, with, with graciousness for him. And he's always been like that. You know what I mean? So I just, I, I like hove a lot. I really respect him a lot. I respect. I respect the inspiration he's given other people mm-hmm. to, be, to become businessmen. Absolutely. After winning the Grammy, working with Hove, yeah. you dropped your studio album Monster in 2003. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you dropped that album, you felt like you had already made it? No. No, 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 no. Because this is in, you know, I went gold, but this is in the era when people selling 10 million records. Yeah, going double platinum. But I thought I had flopped <laughs> and bun. Mm-hmm. That's when a, a guy named David at Columbia Records told me about the profit and loss sheets, showed me where I had actually profited. And Bun hit me and said, that's a good thing. You don't want to be in the law section or the label to handle you this way. Mm-hmm. So Bun really walked me through a few years of trying to indecisive this. Do I want to stay on a major label? Do I want to? So by the time he came around, I think Virgin made an offer when Jermaine was over there. I walked away from the offer. I think they was offering me like a $120,000 advance and a charger at the time or something, right? And uh, I think I pressed the line on about the charge. Like, shit, y'all ought to get a nigga a car, too. You know what I mean? I, the lean with it boy got a, got a car, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was just trying. You know, I like, I seen the other thing. But they did it, but I really didn't want the deal. And I remember Bear coming to me every day like, Mike, man, they offering you, like, you know, they put another 30 or 40 on what they was offering you. For and I was like, I just didn't want it. And I was like, I, I think I'll do better doing it this other way. Now, I didn't know the other way was going to turn into the Iliad. Right. She was a fucking Greek. Just fucking ill, you know, just I didn't know I was gonna lose people to death. I didn't know one of the first grind time producers was gonna get life in prison, you know. I didn't know that friends was gonna show themselves to be foes. I didn't mm. know I was gonna lose, you know, I'd fall out with my friends who had changed my life with a record deal and take years to me. I didn't know all that. Like I but I can say coming out the other side, getting the opportunity to repair those friendships, getting the opportunity to grow as a leader, mm-hmm. to, to to grow beyond what you think a boss is, to really bet on myself and win, and to, you know, to have the pleasure of telling, you know, one of my trusted attorneys and my friend who says, 
man, I couldn't believe you walked away from 120 grand. So I said, yeah, that's about what I get on a date, damn. Mm. <laughs> and so. just giggling. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm like, so I turned mm-hmm. away from a show. Right. And mm-hmm. him being proud and saying, I'm glad you had the fortitude to do it because it's scary, man. Yeah. You know, it's scary. And it's not all, you know, I'm not one to say the labels are bad. Cause I heard Gunner say something incredibly intelligent, man. And he's a smart kid. But you get so 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 used to just hearing him jam, it's, it's a pleasure for me to see him do interviews because he's a brilliant kid. Him, Thug, Savage, like brilliant kids. Atlanta, sometimes you be so busy jamming, you don't really realize you're listening to a brilliant mind too. But Gunner was like, man, you look at the label. When he was talking to LeBron, he's like, you look at it like a partnership. They're taking a risk on you too. And now that artists have gotten more savvy in terms of getting their masters back and things of that nature, now lawyers are bullying up for that. But well, on LeBron, say, you know, you come to the rookie, you take the rookie contract, say, but after them three years, Mm-hmm. You make them dunk. You bring mm-hmm. dunk truck, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's a take a certain type of confidence in yourself. Yeah, you know. And I had that confidence. Uh, again, I didn't know what it was gonna take the years it took, but man, I wouldn't trade it because of the wisdom I gained. Right. And on the other side, the person, the human being I am is is much more stable with what I have than I would have been at that time. Where did your love for music come from? Who like who did you idolize? Cute face. Terms of who I wanted to be, yeah, you know, that's a, Roxanne yeah. Chante. In terms of my love for music, though, that just come from being Southern. My grandmother would take us to these small little Pentecostal churches. They ain't got no air conditioning, hot mm-hmm. as all can be. But the rhythm section, the same they rhythm section, out. the same rhythm section that was playing in the club the night before. You know, the same folks that's playing at the grandmother house. Your grandfather got you at the mm-hmm. shot house. So I fell in love with blues and gospel first because that's what I heard because that's what they played. And then I fell in love. Past blues and gospel, I started listening like big man, jazz, things of that nature. But my mom, when my mom left, when my grandmother, I'm living with my grandmother, my mom left me a record collection. Like Curtis Mayfield, Osley Brothers, you know, Shaft soundtrack, Superfly. She just left and she and showed me, you know, how to, how to put it on. And I just sit in a dark room and just listen, mm-hmm. listen, and still do so. You know, music is it's just in my bones. It's what it's what you do. It's whether you're cleaning up, whether you're getting around, moving around. You know, just usually if I get up, the first thing I'm going to play is some gospel or some blues, mm-hmm. and we get to rap by noon. <laughs> I not, not Jack. Not me. I Jack wake, got to shoot him up bang, bang wake, on at 6.30 yeah, in the morning. To, I said, Jack, it's too fucking early I for this, bro. UGK, ESTG. That's gospel, though. I mean, I mean blues. I mean, you talking about pimp. You, yeah, yeah. Pimp made tell me. I stay paid. Come on. I live late. Y'all know about Pimp C, man. Man. How do you come up with the name Killer Mike? I did. They just not even giving me. I would have been like fly fat boy or something. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I was battle rapping and a dude named Double D stood up after I had went through about like 10, 11 dudes. Just like, man, this kid's a killer. Say, Mike's a killer. And then next week I came. Killer Mike. All the New York dudes called me killer or killer Mike. And that was it. Mm-hmm. That's I've been ever since. I figure I earned it, so you might as well keep it. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. It's not. Now, who was Double D? Double D's a DJ, some famous DJ in Atlanta. Yeah, that, yeah. okay, oh, that's what I was about to ask. Yeah, that's yeah. Double D. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Okay. Then, then ran through all the strip clubs in there and lit them up, man, and been one of the most famous names of DJ in the last 25, 30 years in that city. We yeah. got great DJs in Atlanta, from Funky, DJ Cutmaster Swift, who's outcast, official DJs, my homeboy, but we got, man, we got too many names. DJ Toomp, who created Beehive. with T.I., Beehive, but Toomp and T.I. created the trap, trap music sound. Yeah, DJ Toomp. 
the DJ is very important from old Miami culture, of course, Memphis culture, of course, DJ Screw, Houston culture, Texas yeah. culture. Like, the DJ is still very important in the South. Red so Street. Shout out. Man, come on, man. The legend. The legend. <laughs> man, my, fr my real friend. Yeah, my Street will call right. you at 5 in the morning to give you life advice. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Fishing. Oh, man, yeah, rest, rest in peace, K-Slay, Rest in peace, DJ K-Slay, for sure. Yeah, I'm glad I sent him that verse, man, back in December when he wanted it, man. Yeah, yeah. What pushed you to uh, join T.I. and Grand House on 08? That's my friend, man. And I, I just, you know how you be on your, your ass for a minute and you start to get up, you're like, man, if I can scale up a little bit, I can do a little better. So him and Jason Jeter, I just asked, man, could I, can I, can I do some distribution through y'all? I need some help. Mm -hmm. And, man, I remember telling Till, like, man, man, I wish I did this shit a few years ago. And he was like, shit, all you had to do was ask. Right. And that's really what I started to really understand, that you have advocates and allies and the closed mouth don't get fed. So if you need something and you know you can do the job, just mm -hmm. ask. You know what I mean? And, and Tip has been a friend for over 20 years at this point, but that really taught me, you know what I mean? And if you in need, man, ask your friend. How cool was it to get your pistol and your fist gesture in the Marvel comic artwork. That shit was dope as fuck. Talk to us yeah, about that. Yeah, <laughs> he said, do you see the way he grinned? Yeah, yeah, man. Man, forever 12 years old, man. I believe in keeping that 12. You know that 12 year old when you're 12, 13? Mm -hmm. I'm sure at one point, you ain't know if you like basketball, toys, girls, yeah. or comic books. You ain't know what the fuck you like the yeah. most. You just like, all these things light my fire. Mm -hmm. So. Really, for with the comics, it's like that for me. For me, hell, man, like to be featured, man, and therefore, like get the fuck out of here, man. It's like you, you want to go back and tell the twelve year old, you, hey, all this shit gonna work out. I mm -hmm. promise. Listen, yeah, the girl with the big titties, you gonna marry her. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about that. Listen, mm -hmm. the comics, nigga, you gonna be in them, and <laughs> right, you be rapping, crazy, my right? nigga. So, <laughs> yeah, that's dope. So, man, it's just the twelve year old yeah. me happy. Yeah, you touched on it a little bit more, but I want you to elaborate. You talked about uh, going on tour with uh, Rage, yeah. and, and that'll start when? Man, that starts, we out of here in June. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go over to London, I think do 10, 11 dates over there in, in Europe, and then come back over here, take the continental United States by storm, mm. take a break in the winter, then get back on there and, and go through next April. So it'll be a whole year. Yeah. Beautiful. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, man, thank Rage, man. You know, they um one of the greatest bands in the world, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's comparable to someone saying, well, yeah, y'all going out and opening for our mm -hmm. band. So it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. I was put in a position with Georgie, with George Floyd, that I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't educated or nothing. But yeah. you you one of those people that, that I look up to that's always been educated, that always spoke your mind. But the difference between when you speak, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I just admired you from that standpoint. I want to know what was going through your mind during that whole process. You ain't never met me, but we yeah. had texts before through yeah. the publishers before, and you gave me some some great uh, advice. But what was going through your mind during that whole time? Again. Mm. Again. Again. You know, again and again and again. You know, first of all, man, I think we just, I just want to appreciate you for your transparency through the process. I want to appreciate you for being willing to stand because you know, people think a lot of times because you don't speak a certain way or you don't know a certain thing or you haven't come up through certain channels, you don't have a right to. Fannie Lou Hamer wasn't taught to speak in college. For you who don't know, you know, Google Fannie Lou Hamer. Mm -hmm. You know, Reverend James Orange, who was my personal friend and taught me to organize, who was played by the brother Omar in the movie Selma. You know, this is who taught mm -hmm. me, the person who stood in this Dr. King taught me to organize. You know, brother was a brilliant brother, man, was a statesman, a spokesman, but was salt of the earth Alabama. And, and I just say that because you have people like Teslin Figaro, 
out there that are working their ass off. Mm-hmm. She's right down there in Houston right now. Yeah. You know, she's Air Force trained veteran. I'm a big fan of her. Yeah, yeah, big and 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 she's salt of the earth and speaking, educated. You know, she can talk up or down, however mm-hmm. you want to. However you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, but the brother Crump's doing his thing. But Tesla, and I'm particularly, um, I look at because she's a person that we need to be surrounding like Deborah in the Bible. Right. When we start talking, when she starts talking, we all need to be paying attention. We all need to be supporting her. Because the beautiful thing about brothers like you stepping up and bringing the capital you bring from being an admired athlete is if you look at this like Rome, you look at a movie like Gladiator, the people that are running us are the people that are the Caesars and the Senators. If you notice, they close on get there. They don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. They're an they oligarchy. Look that word up in this country. We are the people in the stands cheering for you guys on the behalf of whatever nation state. Kill them, kill them. We're in Texas. Kill them. We're in Georgia. Who runs the Southeast Conference? All that shit. But oftentimes, the oligarchy of that class tries to get us to forget your individuality. Hmm. You're just supposed to be beast and and a member of a team that I'm cheering for blood for. But what you do, what Jim Brown did, you know, what athletes do when they do this is they stand up and they bring the attention and focus to what needs to be focused on. And then what we have to do is what they did in the 60s, what they did as far back as wrong, and what we should be doing now is after we say our truth, that this is wrong, something must be done about it, pass that motherfucker like a no-look to people like Tesla. Because she has the facts, she she has the stats, Mm -hmm. she has the numbers, and she's going to nail that motherfucking Mm -hmm. ass to the cross Mm -hmm. with it. Because that's what organizing is. You are a mobilizer. You're supposed to be there. Your heart and conscience told you to be there, and you're doing the exact same thing that Dr. King did. When he had become so big, he couldn't be there on a weekly meeting every week. That's what SNCC was doing. Mm-hmm. That's what Stokely Carmichael, John Lewis was doing. King was going around rallying, making sure bread was getting bread for the bread basket, making sure that numbers were up in other places. Still organizing, but his part of it was the mobilization of getting people there. And that's what your presence does. That's what your voice does. And that's why we need more athletes to be properly informed by the people who do the work first. Mm -hmm. So get informed by your Teslans, get informed by your organizations that are doing the work. Then we know what our points are to say, us as athletes and entertainers, we say that, and then we pass that ball like a no-look to the people who are supposed to be leading the way. So I think you did an amazing job. And I've I've always wanted to tell you that, too. I appreciate it. You know, you don't don't know, um, you brought a seriousness to it that didn't allow people throughout the South to bullshit and people paid attention, Mm. you know? And I say that because where we from, we've seen that a lot more than, than people, you know? That means that that means a lot, bro. Cause like you know, Bun and Bun said uh, some me some uh, important words. He sent me a text before I went to Minnesota. And he was like, "Everything you've been through built you for this moment." And he wasn't just talking about Port Arthur. He was talking about the brawl. Everything, been, absolutely. You know, absolutely. so just to hear that from guys like y'all who I look up to, it means a lot. Absolutely. Well, y'all well done, man. And everybody, y'all follow Tesla Figueroa. And she, um, she's dope. Yeah, she don't take no shit. Don't say no stupid shit to her. She'll clown you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's there. She knows what she's love talking her. about. Y'all need to get on here. Y'all haven't. Yeah, on no, here? we haven't yet. Man, y'all got to get yeah. She was on the Get On Boys podcast. Yeah, she no, she's dope. Yeah, yeah, I follow on Instagram. You say you have you have, you feel like you have to be politically active. 
Yeah. Why you say that? Because, because, hey, man, the politics affect me. I pay, I pay a lot of taxes. Yeah. Don't we pay about half of what yeah. we making taxes? Yeah. So y'all hear already, the athletes makes $100 million. You're like, that nigga bring home 50. 47. Bef yeah, before you start talking <laughs> about child support, alimony. Like, yeah, so, because my money pays. My money pays yeah. for the suits. So I want to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And I mean that on a very local level. You know, the, 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 the best news I woke up to last week was to see the mayor of Andre Dickens, who's from my neighborhood, um, that really was yeah. a groundswell that brought me over to support him. Brother like Zach, who got the restaurant Local Green down there. You know what I mean? My man Fahamu Paku, famous artist down there, both friends, were like, check this guy out. Already knew him and loved him as a city council person. Got down with him. I was with Kasim at first. Kasim got knocked out of the primaries, got behind Andre. We got Andre yeah. in there. First thing he was doing, one of the first things he was doing was taking care of parks and filling potholes. Yep. Yep. Like, like you, you don't know what that means to a neighborhood that that really came out and for years had been a quiet, peaceful neighborhood. All of a sudden, potholes standing up. Your grandmother's mad. Your young cousin with the rims mad. But he started to fulfill the promise. You know, he started, and, and that's a very little thing. But he said he was going to do it. To and some it, people, that's, that's big. Though. That's a big thing, and he did it. You know, when I look at our Republican governor, who appointed a Democrat over a committee that is specifically in charge of making sure that people who are getting out of prison have basic minimal needs so they're not increasing the recidivism rate. That program comes directly out of a black Democratic judge named Asha Jackson who went to school with me, superior, superior judge um, in DeKalb County. That young woman created a program to direct people out of jail and through a system over nine to 12 months that put them back on a course for a solid life, got picked up statewide because a Republican saw the value in it right. and appointed another black woman. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So for me, it's pragmatic. Because right. locally, you're just making deals. Mm -hmm. You're trying to make it work, but to make sure the community gets something out of it. So for me, all politics is local. It's sexy to argue over who the president was and who you think is racist and all that chump-ass shit. But I'm from the South. We've dealt with a lot of racism, yeah, you know. Yeah. Lyndon Baines Johnson was a Dixiecrat, yeah, well, but I, in the South, I, I believe return on that local level. Yeah, exactly. I believe that locally, that some things can be done that are that are going to make places like Jackson, Mississippi, Birmingham, Alabama, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. When you start, well, Jackson, Mississippi, Jacksonville, Florida. I think you can start seeing those places get more progressive and to become more equitable in terms of money. And I don't mean giving nobody no money. I mean giving us contracts. You know, if I if if I own ten tractor trailers, I can own a hundred tractor trailers. Mm -hmm. And if I can own a hundred tractor trailers, I can get the government contract to move oranges up and down Florida's coast. Mm. And why shouldn't it be one of us? Right. We don't label on the farms picking them. Mm. Our fathers taught us how to drive a truck. All we have to do is be organized enough to have a collective to say, now, if we make up this percentage of Florida, then these percentage of trucks should be higher. Mm. In Georgia, it'd be thirty-five percent. You know, we get less than 2% of the statewide contracts in Georgia now. In my lifetime, I'd like to see that move to somewhere between 75 and 10%. 2%, wow. Yeah. But we got to target those things, too. Right. You know, I put up something on my Instagram last week. It was a brick-and-mortar class. All the students in it were white. So that means we should be bringing back brick-and-mortar classes. We should be bringing back carpentry classes and mechanical drafting to schools named after Booker T. Washington, for schools named after Frederick Douglass schools named after C.O. Harper. We have to start thinking that intent. When they talk about building infrastructure, they're talking about building highways. They're talking about refurbishing curbs. They're talking about building roads. Your sons, and I'm talking to black people right now, can do this work. Junior may not make the pros, mm -hmm. but his strong ass 
can lay some concrete. <laughs> and he gonna get paid a hundred thousand right. or better for doing right. it. Yeah, right. yeah. He gonna yeah. still be able to buy you that car. Mm -hmm. He gonna be able to take care of them children he make because he look like he's dressing like a dope boy, even though he's going to job. He's gonna be able to have a stable woman in, in house and marry that girl he had them kids by. Yeah. But he's only gonna do it if we start making sure these boys mm -hmm. are in trade school as early as mm -hmm. 16 years. Mm -hmm. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick Sleekproof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I noticed the other day uh, I follow a guy named Mr. Checkpoint and always yeah, filmed the police. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good dude, man. Talk to us a little bit about that because he had his. Uh, he was so proud when he had you. Uh, he posted what you said about him on his man, Instagram. Man, following this little crazy white boy out of California. Crazy. Oh, he's crazy as shit, and I mean that in the best way. Yeah. And his, I think maybe his honor, his grand honor, grandmother would feed the meters when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So someone taught him justice early. The, the, you know, citizens, no matter what you think of your politicians or government, it is always the government against you mm-hmm. to some degree. Well, Mike, what do you mean by that? The government ain't doing that. Anytime you get a speeding ticket and they just say, well, you, you, we're going to charge you or pay you for that, that's not about saving lives and making you slow down. That's about adding additional taxes to your life, in my opinion. If we know you got a park to go in a state building, if I got a park to go see a, to my county commissioner, why do I have to pay? Right. I already <laughs> pay taxes. Right. And if you set up a punitive system that makes me have to pay 100 bucks or 25 bucks even because I didn't feed it with $2, you're making $23 off my mistake. So mm. someone in his life was a justice warrior, and mm-hmm. he has turned into one of epic proportions. He does everything from feed parking meters to ask policemen why they don't have their video cameras on. He's a beast. P- police of having to literally come up with counterways. He's and this off. is me, you know, sitting here just like amazed that he's been able to cause this much rowdiness mm-hmm. with just a camera phone, mm-hmm. but showing people how unjust the, the law are. can be. And, 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 well, well, not even just the police, the rules. Because right. a lot of times, cops don't want right. to. You know, cops just got the right to smoke weed in some place. Mm-hmm. I think New Jersey. New Jersey yeah. You know a lot of cops mm-hmm. didn't feel like locking mm-hmm. niggas up. Yeah. But you got to make that quota rules, to keep right? your job. Mm-hmm. You got to make that quota to keep your job. So yeah. for, for me, I see a lot of times it's less about the individual in the uniform and what the power the uniform grants you. That uni- the state should fear the people and not the other way around. Mm. And right now, we, 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 we got that turned around, especially in communities that look like Shout that. Shout out Mr. Checkpoint and always, uh, always yeah, film I, the police. Check him out, man. Yeah, he's we shout him out dude. from the stage. Yeah, man. Shout he's out a good little dude. 2020, uh, you, Ryan Glover, and our former mayor, Andrew Young, founded Greenwood. Greenwood, yeah a banking system. Talk to us how that thought came about and, and where you guys currently are with the process. Yeah, I want to hear about this. Well, the cards are rolled out. So if you signed up, your card's going to be coming soon. Please use it. But in the fintech world, everybody's, everything is coming here. Our kids listen to music here. My kids, you know, it's PayPal, Cash App, any mm-hmm. other fintech thing. So Greenwood was a part of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where free blacks went. They built a thriving community mm-hmm. themselves, and it was destroyed and encouraged the, the destruction by local municipalities and government. And it was this bank, in the spirit of doing for self, created a platform where working class folks, be you black, Latino, poor and working class white people, it gives you an opportunity to have a real banking system in your hand, to have a real bank account, it's federally insured. It gives you an opportunity to build credit, it gives you an opportunity, um, they're gonna roll out a loan system soon. And what it did was Andy went to India and he got a chance to see instead of getting paid in paper, women get a card to be paid on. 
Whereas if they were cashing for paper, they would have punitive things, check cashing places, 20% you get charged. These women, because of the money they saved, were able to start saving silks, saving fabrics, making garments, just creating extra income for themselves and lifting themselves out of the dirt and wretched poverty. And this can happen here. If check cashing places aren't literally swiping and taking, you have an opportunity to save, to put away money. You have an opportunity as a single mother, a young father, the head of a family, to start to build your credit, to start to look toward ownership versus rental. So I just wanted to be a part of something that actually helped our people, mm -hmm. help themselves. Because you can't save and charity us out of the hole we're in. There has to be some real economic interest and viability. That's why I believe in things like reparations. What do they be? When do we get them? I don't know. But until then, what I do know is you can reparate yourself by spending less than you earn, by focusing on, on by ownership, by not having children before you're ready, mm -hmm. by furthering your education, be that college or trade school, and by partnering with other people so that you're not taking all the financial risk yourself. And that's just common sense. It's working kind of shit. Switching gears, do you keep up with the NBA? Yeah, I like it, but I've been on the run, man. We've been rehearsing. I like my guys. I like the Hawks. How you feel about Trey and the Hawks right now? Man, I like Trey a lot. I like Collins a lot as well. Then they gonna get out of this series? If we don't get out of this series, we're gonna come out wiser and come back stronger. You know, I think that um I think that we're gonna become a better defensive team in the next couple of years. I think that um I think that Atlanta hasn't had a true superstar right. um since Dominique. But I also would like to say, man, I wanna tip my hat to a lot of a lot of old hawks from, you know, but I, Jamal just got out of there. Joe you know what I'm Johnson. saying? Like, man, Joe was amazing, Josh. you know what I'm saying? Josh amazing Atlanta and Hawks. So we've had some We've had a lot of people of good integrity, you know. Mm -hmm. Trey's something special. It's yeah. crazy. He can throw that thing over from anywhere. He just needs a little help. Yep. Nah, I agree. I agree. We might try and get a, the right small four to two guard, and it's gonna yeah. go, it's gonna go stupid. So you do know you you, do, you do know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't just get high and rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you said Kobe's your favorite player. You have any Kobe stories? Okay, so we we tilt called me. He said, Hey, I said, What's up? He said, Fat boy, I'm in the studio. Kobe up here, come, come, come meet him. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Because everybody <laughs> who know me know, like, I really, man, I really loved Kobe. You know what man, I mean? I yeah. really. So I get there, my wife with me, man. And, you know, I'm a very attractive wife, man. I married married a girl, looked like, man, a piece of carrot cake, man. She, yeah. You know what I mean? No, no surgery needed. She came already assembled, right? I, you know what I mean? I know she liked tall nigga that can dunk. So I had, I had to hate, you know what I'm saying? That's why I stayed here today. But listen, listen, no man. Especially now that good how to, boy. I'm to hell you. no. I'm trying to listen. tell you. I'm trying to listen. tell you. Listen, no. Listen. So we, we, we in that, I asked the cover, man. I said, I say, um, so I say, man, you finna retire? I say, dog, who the, like, who I got to watch? I say, dog, I been, I'm the dude in the room talking about, he better. He yeah. better than anybody. Like, yeah. I'm that dude in the, and he said, man, so I'm gonna tell you, this kid I'm watching, he said, oh, he said he real thin, he small though, if he can stay healthy. Now, I'm, for people who saw Kobe on TV, he had on a cape and a mask, but I'm sure you guys can test this. When you seen him, he, he looked, yeah. Thin. Yeah. Like, not frail, but just like, man, I could knock this thing yeah. out. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> like, like, you can take him. Yeah, like, he was thin. So I'm like, who the fuck is he talking about? Because I'm looking at him, and I'm really tripping that he's not... Huge. Man. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm thinking, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm li like, I'm this much of a fan that I'm replaying plays in my head, like, this motherfucker did that. And I'm a Latrell Sprewell fan, too. Yeah. Now, Latrell has some size making the moves, but I'm just like, what this nigga... Compared to a Trey, he's not even that. And as I'm processing that, he says, man, it's this kid at Golden State, Steph Curry. Mm. And I said, who? 
And he said, Steph Curry. I said, I've seen him play. I say, but he the one. He said, I'm telling you, he the one. All he got to do is stay healthy. Mm. That day, start watching Steph. Mm-hmm. And he has never disappointed since. <laughs> yeah. And that shit was like Yoda telling you about this kid named Luke. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to walk That's the sky, dope. trust me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it was, so Kobe, man, meeting Kobe was a big deal. And then when it was time to take pictures with me, him, Tip, me, him, Tip, and my wife, just like my wife smiled a little too hard. I said, you know that she really like LeBron. She don't really fuck. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it like <laughs> And she was she was pissed. So I was like, so hey. You know? Right. But, but that he was he was man, he was he was such a, you know, he was really a you know, I, I just believe in heroes. Like I'm one of those, yeah, like right. whether it's comic books or Agreed. parables and stuff, I believe in heroes. And Kobe really was a hero to me. Yes, you know? yes, he man. was a guy who, no matter what you where you are on the Jordan debate, he had the audacity and the tenacity to want to be better than his okay. master. Yeah. Like when you think about that on some Kung Fu movie shit. You know, he wanted to be better than his master. That is, that's, you know, the type of self-discipline. Like, I'm still trying to have enough discipline right. just to do it every day at 8 mm-hmm. in the morning. But the self-discipline yeah. it takes to want to be better than your idol, that's that's some, that's some you know, that's different. some Herculean that's shit. Different you know? shit, yeah. And, you know, when they asked MJ about it, he said the only person that can beat him probably is Kobe. Yeah. Because he steals all his moves. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Who you got winning the championship? You think? I don't know. I want my guys to win, of course. I know it's a long shot, but yeah, you know, I don't. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 but you know what though? If my guys aren't in it, I do want to see. I want to see Chris Paul walk. Mm, good call. Like I, I love Chris, man. Yeah, and, um, CP. Shout out CP. Yeah, yeah, I hate it when the league blocked him from going out to play with Kobe, but I, I really think that he's he defines character. Yeah, point guard. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, like he is the point mm-hmm. guard. You know, he makes the team better around him. He he's clutch when he needs to be. And just like he reminds me of, like when you watch those old tapes of Kareem in an interview or Jim in an interview, just once he's done playing, the character, the, the, it's Easy. what it's Easy. some grown man All shit. All in off the court, yeah. great leader. Yeah, I really, I really respect him. I like to see him get That's one of my, my guys. Yeah. You on the board of the High Museum of Art. I am. Talk about that. How did you how did that become about? Man, Rand Sulfur, who um is the director, and um Fahamu Paku, who's an, an amazing artist, they they approached me about it three years ago, and I agreed. And and what was Amazing is I came out of Frederick Douglass High School's arts and talent program. Little Yachty's father is a photographer who also comes out of that program. Little John is a person who comes out of that arts program, mm. arts program. You know, so it's like it it it's a it's a big deal because all our teachers wanted to, us to find something we could attach to and take us all the way, you know. Right. So getting an opportunity to be on the education board, not only just on the board, but on the committee that specifically deals with education to make sure that a museum in a major metropolitan city that has an over 50% African-American participation ship stays like that and grows, it's just an amazing opportunity. And I think that, you know, you hear what rappers aren't doing from people complaining on a daily basis, but, you know, I think that's something to be celebrated, you know? And not only am I on the board of the high, I make sure my daughter goes to the Apex Museum and learns about African-American culture. Mm-hmm. I make sure when I'm in cities visiting, you know, mm-hmm. we go to the museums. So I, I'm just a believer that the arts can inspire children. You know, if you want a cheap date or great outing as a parent, go to the museum. You know, take your date to the museum. You know, mm-hmm. test out. Let that let, let, let that curl of weave and the lashes be seen someplace yeah. artistically. <laughs> <laughs> and take them babies there, man. Yeah. And y'all just grab some, grab some hot wings afterwards, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You collect hot, hot wheels. I do. Love for muscle cars. Yeah, I love them. I love them. When did that start? I just, man, my grandma, I remember she would take me to Kmart. 
when I was a kid. And if I ain't act no fool, I got a hot wheel. I will, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I act the fool, I got an ass with me. So mm-hmm. I figured the hot wheels were the easier way to go. But at my barbershop, when we first opened our shop on the south side on 3461 Roosevelt Highway in Atlanta, the old shop, the prior shop that had been there, hadn't left the best reputation. So when we were trying to attract new customers, I remember one day just sitting there, me and the barbers, I was like, man, I got an idea. I said, everybody give me $10. I ran to the, like, the dollar store. Got Hot Wheels. And I said, all your kid customers, when you cut their hair, give them this at the end of the cut. Mm, dope. I said, it's a $1 investment. It's going to bring you $9 every time. And after that, it just start flourishing, start growing. And then, you know, I love real muscle cars. So, mm-hmm. you know, I put my cars in front of my shops. I, I just bought about 30,000 square foot warehouse space. We about to do something cool in the car world with that, you know, with its villains. So, you know, I just, I mean, I'm... I, I love cars. I yeah. love going fast. What's your favorite? Um, nineteen ninety seven Buick GNX is 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 one of the ones I'm on. It's it's quarter million dollar car now. But, mm-hmm. You know I'm gonna have one before I get out of here. And I think I'm gonna finally buy myself a demon this year. Like I was thinking the other night, I was like, man, I could die. These kids and one gonna spend all this goddamn money. I still ain't gonna be done got my demons. You and Tip opening a restaurant? Yeah, Bankhead Seafood, man. Bankhead Seafood, yeah, fifty year old restaurant. It was the oldest restaurant on that strip of Bankhead. Miss Helen Harden owned it. Um, from Mount Olive Baptist Church, shouts out to Miss Harden. And uh, we bought it. Tilt called me, like, say, you say we want to do something together, let's do it. We got it. We done went through a lot of ups and downs, getting cleared. We done went through a lot of fights. But, man, it's coming, and I'm proud of us, you know. See, I've been in Atlanta a long time. See, it's Hollowell now. Yeah, they bankheads. See, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've been in Atlanta that long. Yeah, with yeah. I've been, you That's know what I'm saying, on the west side. It's yeah, they bankheads no more. All the projects and all that knocked down now. You know what I mean? But you got to be from the A to know that. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> yeah, we caught some hell, too. I want to tell athletes and entertainers, man, like, and, and the lawyers out there, you know, in the cities, that we need to start sitting down with some committees and figuring out, uh, you're, to me, in, in cities, especially through the South, your athletes and your entertainers should be looked at as a wave of potential business people. And mm-hmm. if we partner with them, then we have an opportunity to build businesses and communities and brands that are going to be better. We got a lot of pushback from people who weren't legacy restaurants in, in, in the community at, at some point. Um, really? The legacy people, the people that have been there 50, 60 years, were like, we proud of y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like the community literally raised you guys, y'all doing this. And then we got some pushback from other places because of rappers, because of reputation, because of other things. And I just thought that was shameful because, in, in my opinion, when people are heroes from a, from a local place, whether it's the athletes that are brought there to perform athletics or the people that grow out of there and perform music, if cities and private sector partner with these people, and you create a business class and an economic class that creates jobs and creates more opportunity, you create stronger cities, you create mm-hmm. stronger economics. And I think that we have the potential, again, to create more Jamal Mashburns, more Magic yeah. Johnsons, more Shaquille O'Neal's. And if we do that, we'll hear less stories of who lost it all, mm-hmm. and we hear less complaints of what rappers aren't doing. But that only happens mm-hmm. when everybody buys into it and everybody does it. So, you know, I want to challenge people to do what Atlanta is doing because yeah. it seems to me that people in Atlanta are... T- or cooperating in the way that Andrew Young wanted us to. Two Chain's doing a great job. He's doing an amazing job. Him, <laughs> as, him and his business partner Snoop. Yeah, you know, Snoop. shots out to them. Jeezy, you know, you know, amazing job. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy to see. You know, even if you look at man, what what Gucci's been able to do in terms of record deals for yeah, people, like yeah. you know, people have been really, really generous with the opportunity. What what Thug has been able to do yeah. with offering people, yeah. you know, and the people that that he's helped now opening, you know, baby's opening restaurants. So for me, man, I just want to see more and more in a plethora of that. And I want to see it in another city. I want to see it in Memphis. I want to see it in Dallas. I want to see it in Houston. I want to see it in Austin. I want to see it in places 
so that there's a whole new 50-year economy that's created around it. Like, people see this side of the camera. It's three people talking who entertain y'all. But on the other side of this camera, yeah. there are dozens of people that, make the go that, that are making this happen. So that's a bigger economy. And I think that, I think that when this country understands, especially when African-American community is, is strong <sighs> economically, the entire country is strong economically. Well, I mean, that, that, that's, to me, that's our Achilles heel. And it's, like you said, it's getting better, but we never learned to do this. We've always been for fighting for ourselves yeah. and surviving. Yeah, so we've yeah. never thought to come together. Together, oh, we're so much stronger. So but, much stronger. But they got to do it. Like you said, they got to do it in the hometowns like where we're from. Because perfect example, Bun in Houston. No. They show Bun the love in Houston that Port Arthur should be showing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For for what he do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I think that's why people go elsewhere because they get more love mm. and appreciation from other places than where they come from. Mm -hmm. But but it's 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 amazing because it, it comes back because Bun is, is is he inspired you. Yeah. You inspiring someone. Yeah. The legacy continues. Right. You know, yeah. if you never if you don't have big boy one half of outcast from Savannah, do you get camouflaged? Do right. you get a growing, you know, music scene in Savannah now? So for me, man, I'm just I, I just say, man, if you escape in small towns, in your mind, don't forget to go back and glean some inspiration. Don't forget to like Edron James is one of my heroes forever mm -hmm. because he has never left. He's always planted and, and inspired. Whether it was that he talked about the activity center he started, three guys who play in the pros now came through that center. Mm -hmm. You know, man, come on, man, that's that's his own that's private YMCA. Is. You know right, what I mean? Dude. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. What Uncle Luke has been able to do with football, football in South yeah, Florida. Yeah. Forget what he did. You know, we often forget what we did, rather in terms of protecting our First Amendment rights in the '90s. But the amount of young men whose life he's touched through athletics and just, mm -hmm. you know, could, and, and with athletics you had to be doing good in school, right. just making sure credible young men, men fit to marry it going out, what Snoop has been able to do. So I just applaud us, man. And, and I think the, the more we grow, because we only been free 60 years. Right. Mm. I only had 60 years of freedom. Mm. So, mm. you know, when you think about it, that's not that's a very crazy. long time. That's not long, huh? You know, so don't let don't be too hard on ourselves. Let's support the things that we know are going to grow, like Viola. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, let's, and let's keep pushing. Mm. Shouts mm. out to Al. Definitely, definitely. Man, we appreciate your time. We got quick hitters. First team to come to mind, let us know, but I'm going to let you start. Okay. If you could be remembered by any bar or lyric that you ever dropped, what would it be? If by any, oh, man. Lot, I, I would say lot of the first verse of Untitled, you are witnessing elegance witnessing. in the form of a black elephant, smoking white rhino on terraces. Mm. Will I die <laughs> slain <laughs> like my king by a terrorist? Will my woman be Coretta, take my name and cherish it? Or will she Jackie O drop the Kennedy remarry it? My sister say it's necessary on some Cleopatra shit. I tend to agree because the thought is so disparaging. My grandmother says no, never that is sacrilege. Mm. Then I say, then I say, oh. No, I tend to agree because the thought is so disparaging. The Lord give a load, you got to carry it like Mary did. Mm. That's why I'm giving honor to all these baby mamas. It takes a woman's womb to, to make a Christ a Dalai Lama. The world might take that child, turn that child into a monster. The world will take, I say, the world might take that child, turn that child into a monster. The Lord will take a monster and fashion him a saint. I present you Malcolm X for those that saying that he can't, mm. saying that he won't, when I know he will. But you usually don't know it's you until you being killed. Mm. For real. Mm. Mm. That, one, tough. that was my thoughts of what I thought Dr. King would be thinking yeah. as he laid out dying. That's tough. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put you on the spot right here. Right. You guys have your own unique sound out there in Atlanta. Who is your round Mount Rushmore of Atlanta artists? Oh boy, it'll be it'll be a hundred people on there. It, yeah. Yeah, we, we ain't just putting four heads, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. The whole mountain gonna look like a big super faith. Yeah. But I will say I'm honored to be on the um, on the cover of that Slam magazine. Yeah. But they, they put us on there like a basketball team. They had me down there looking like a power forward. I got a weight loss goal now. 
<laughs> Young Barkley. <laughs> Including your body of work, one album you can listen to from top to bottom, no skips. Excluding my body of work? Yep. Oh, man. Any and every Scarface album. I'm going to go with my favorite Scarface album is The Fix. He always says that. I argue with him. Mine is on. Um, I would say a man made is potentially made. Yeah, 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 made, made. One quote you live by. Man, do what you want to do because you're going to wake up dead one day. Ooh. Do what you want to do because you're going to wake up dead one day. Man, that's, that's solid. Five dinner guests, dead or alive? Uh, five dinner guests, dead or alive. Deep conversation, some good tree. Let's see. Some drinks. Let's say dead or alive, I go, I go Dr. King, Frederick Douglass, Eugene Debs, Patrice Lumumba, and Zora Neale Hurston. Three women at the table, huh? Well, Zora, Zora was, was the only one, but I think she's just tough as shit. She, we'd all be mostly listening to her. And she mm. wrote like a Floridian, so I just love to hear her talk country. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. If you could see one guest on All The Smoke on the show, who would it be? But before you answer, you have to help us get your answer on the show. Oh, man, I just called Joe Rogan and tell him we need to do y'all show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we need to do dead. his, too. Get the, yeah, get we need that. Oh, he's about to call him right now. Joe Shit. Rogan. Come on with it, I'll Joe Rogan. I'll see if he'll answer. Let's see. We can't turn that down. Don't, hey, say you don't get no real to kill him. Mike, kill him. Mike put up the pictures of the phone. Oh, yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah, let me call him right quick. Let me see. I got to see. I mean, he might be working. Say, tell, tell Joe, we the, we the, we Joe Rogan of Sports Podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit. Let's see, let's see. Let's see you, Joe. Come on here and smoke a joint with us. And talk about when he said nigga. Oh, man. Joe didn't kill us, man. Working. Damn, Joe. So I can ask him, but say, I'll ask, I'll ask Joe. I'd I love to see y'all talk. So I can ask him if you say nigga or nigger. Which one did you say? Don't nigger. do that, to Joe. <laughs> Joe didn't apologize. Didn't apologize. <laughs> hey, listen. Listen, I want to I wanna say this for I want to say this for him, Gong. I'd be tripping, like, because white folks ain't got the. We used to be taught that. The term cracker came from a whip cracker that black people made up, but we didn't make that up. Real white folks made up nigga and cracker. When I say real white folks, see, a lot of folks, if you know about Atlanta, you know about Cabbage Town. Mm -hmm. Cabbage Town, they gentrified before they gentrified in the black neighborhoods. Cabbage Town was all white neighborhoods, all poor working class white folks. And the mills would bring them up and use them, pay them in meal money, overcharge them at the store. That means they didn't pay them in American money. They paid them in like a food stamp. So the first people to get gentrified and pushed out the city weren't even black white, mm. but it was poor. They put them out in 95, 96, pushed them further down to Clayton County, places like that. But the term cracker comes from the master class in the South. These real white folks, the folks that was related to the folks they was breaking away from. Mm -hmm. So the people that first took the 13 colonies and shit, a lot of them was cousins to royalty and shit. They just weren't high enough on the royalty ladder. So they were still getting shitted on, so they just found them another land to take. They like, we far enough away from a military standpoint. Y'all got to cross this ocean. We got most sniper rifles because we armed. Fuck y'all. You know what I mean? We took it. Mm -hmm. But crackers was a term given to those people who weren't cosmopolitan. They weren't very learned. They were gypsy-ass lights moved around. So white folks named y'all crackers. The same white folks that named us niggas. And the thing they had in common is they used cheap and free labor from niggas and crackers. Mm. And because niggas and crackers been fighting so long from everywhere to South Mississippi, East Alabama, West Georgia, niggas and crackers predominantly have stayed poor in places mm. like Mississippi, places like Alabama. And now the federal government and local municipalities fight over slave labor to see who's going to cut the grass for free because niggas 
and crack are still fighting against one another, but we both doing that, fighting for the people that name us both. Mm. And that's the real white folk, or what mm-hmm. they would call the mm. planter class. Mm. So that's just for y'all niggas and crackers to know something. <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> man, that's a wrap, man. Thank y'all so Killing much, Mike, man. man. We I appreciate y'all man. so much, man. You can catch this on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects, man. We'll see y'all next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. King's Island is now open on weekends. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.